Welcome everyone to Radio Days, your golden age radio sampler. The Columbia Radio Network's show, Suspense, produced over 900 radio broadcasts from 1942 to 1962, many of which became classics. Actors like Cary Grant, Humphrey Bogart, Marlene Dietrich, and Orson Welles were featured often, and the writing, orchestration, and sound effects were first-rate. Our first episode, The Hitchhiker, was written by Lewis Fletcher for Orson Welles. In addition to this being a great ghost story, it's also a great reminder of what a huge pain in the you-know-what public payphones were, especially when you were in a tight spot, you were short on change, and you absolutely needed to talk to somebody. Our second episode is an Elliot Lewis thriller called On a Country Road, starring Cary Grant, Kathy Lewis, and Jeanette Nolan. It was performed November 16, 1950. It has all the elements needed for a good thriller. A couple making a night drive in the rain on a country road near Center Moorage's Long Island. Hear a radio report announcing a woman killer on the loose. That's when Cary Grant says, This shortcut will save us a lot of time. And then, predictably, they run out of gas. And now, The Hitchhiker featuring Orson Welles. The Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you Suspense. Suspense. Columbia's parade of outstanding thrillers produced and directed by William Spear and scored by Bernard Herrmann the notable melodramas from stage and screen, fiction and radio, presented each week to bring you to the edge of your chair, to keep you in suspense. Good evening. This is Orson Welles. I'm very happy I am to be back in the United States and back on the Columbia Network even for so short a visit as this one. Back with old friends like Johnny Dietz, who is tonight's director, and Bernard Herman. The Mercury Theater presented tonight's radio play for the first time last year. We came right out then and hailed it as a classic of the medium. Nobody argued the point. A lot of people asked us to do it again, so it's gratifying to get the chance now and to find a favorite of ours in this distinguished anthology of spook shows. Personally, I've never met anybody who didn't like a good ghost story. But I know a lot of people who think there are a lot of people who don't like a good ghost story. For the benefit of these, at least, I go on record at the outset of this evening's entertainment with the sober assurance that although blood may be curdled on this program, none will be spilt. There's no shooting, knifing, throttling, axing, or poisoning here. No clanking chains, no cobwebs, no bony and or hairy hands appearing from secret panels or, better yet, bedroom curtains. If it's any part of that dear old phosphorescent foolishness that people who don't like ghost stories don't like, then again, I promise you, we haven't got it. Not tonight. What we do have is a thriller. It's half as good as we think it is. You can call it a shocker. It's already been called a real Orson Welles story. Now, frankly, I don't know what this means. I've been on the air directing and acting in my own shows for quite a while now, and I don't suppose I've done more than half a dozen thrillers in all that time. Honestly, I don't think even that many, but it seems I do have a reputation for the uncanny. Quite possibly, a little escapade of mine involving a couple of planets, which shall be nameless, is responsible. Doesn't really matter... <laughs> Don't think I disapprove of thrillers. I don't. A story doesn't have to appeal to the heart. It can also appeal to the spine. Sometimes you want your heart to be warmed, and sometimes you want your spine to tingle. The tingling, it's to be hoped, will be quite audible as you listen tonight to The Hitchhiker. That's the name of our story, The Hitchhiker. <laughs> camp on 
Route 66, just west of Gallup, New Mexico. If I tell it, perhaps it'll help me. Keep me from going, going crazy. I gotta tell this quickly. I'm not crazy now. I feel perfectly well, except that I'm running a slight temperature. My name is Ronald Adams. I'm 36 years of age. Unmarried, tall, dark, with a black mustache. I drive a 1940 Buick, license number 6Y175189. I was born in Brooklyn. All this I know. I know that I'm at this moment perfectly sane. That it's not me who's gone mad. It's something else. Something utterly beyond my control. I've got to speak quickly. At any minute, the link may break. This may be the last thing I ever tell on Earth. The last night I ever see the stars. Six days ago, I left Brooklyn to drive to California. Goodbye, son. Good luck to you, my boy. Goodbye, mother. Here, give me a kiss. And I'll go. I'll come out with you to the car. Oh, no, it's raining. Stay here at the door. Oh. Hey, what's this? Tears? I thought you'd promise me you wouldn't cry. Oh, I know, dear. I, I'm sorry. But I... I do hate to see Mother, you. Both. I'll be back. It'll only be the, on the course three months. Oh, it isn't that. It's, it's just the trip. Ronald, I wish you weren't driving. Oh, Mother, there you go again. People do it every day. I know, but you'll be careful, won't you? Promise me you'll be extra careful. Don't fall asleep or drive fast or pick up any strangers on the road. Oh, gosh. I think I was still 17 here, you told me. Oh, and wire me as soon as you get to Hollywood. Won't you, son? Of course I will. Don't you worry. There's nothing going to happen. It's just eight days of perfectly simple driving on smooth, decent, civilized roads with a hot dog or a hamburger stand every ten miles. I was in fine spirits drive ahead of me, even the loneliness seemed like a lark. I reckoned without him. Crossing Brooklyn Bridge that morning in the rain, I saw a man leaning against the cables. He seemed to be waiting for a lift. There were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. He was carrying a cheap overnight bag in one hand. He was thin, nondescript, with a cap pulled down over his eyes. I would have forgotten him completely, except that just an hour later, while crossing the Pulaski Skyway over the Jersey Flats, I saw him again. At least, he looked like the same person. He was standing now with one thumb pointing west. I couldn't figure out how he got there, but I thought probably one of those fast trucks had picked him up, beat me to the Skyway, and let him off. I didn't stop for him. Then late that night... I saw him again. It's on the new Pennsylvania turnpike between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. It's 265 miles long with a very high speed limit. I was just slowing down for one of the tunnels when I saw him, standing under an arc light by the side of the road. I'd seen quite distinctly the bag, the cap, even the spots of fresh rain spattered over his shoulders. He hallooed at me this time. Hello? Hello? I stepped on the gas like a shot. That's lonely countries of the Alleghenies, and I had no intention of stopping. Besides the coincidences or whatever it was, neither the Willies. Stopped at the next gas station. Uh, fill her up. Certainly, sir. Check your oil, sir? No, thanks. Nice night, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it hasn't been raining here recently, has it? Not a drop of rain all week. Oh? Oh, I, I suppose that doesn't done your business any harm. Oh, people drive through here all kinds of weather. Mostly business, you know. There aren't many pleasure cars out on the turnpike this season of the year. I suppose not. What, uh, 
Uh, uh, what about hitchhikers? Hitchhikers here? What's the matter? Don't you ever see any? Not much. If we did, it'd be a sight for sore eyes. Why? Oh, a guy'd be a fool who started out to hitch rides on this road. Look at it. Then you've never seen anybody? No. Maybe they get the lift before the turnpike starts. I mean, you know, just before the toll house. But then it'd be a mighty long ride. Most cars wouldn't want to pick up a guy for that long a ride. And you know, this is pretty lonesome country here. Mountains and woods. You ain't seen anybody like that, have you? Uh, no. Oh, no, not, not at all. I was just uh, a technical question. <laughs> I see. Well, that'll be just $1.49 with the tax. gradually passed through my mind a sheer coincidence. I had a good night's sleep in Pittsburgh. I didn't think about the man all next day until... until just outside of Zanesville, Ohio, I saw him again. It's a bright, sunshiny afternoon. The peaceful Ohio fields, brown with the autumn stubble, lay dreaming in the golden light. I was driving slowly, drinking it in, when the road suddenly ended in a detour. In front of the barrier, he was standing. Let me explain about his appearance before I go on. I repeat, there was nothing sinister about him. He was as drab as a mud fence, nor was his attitude menacing. He merely stood there, waiting, almost drooping a little, with a cheap overnight bag in his hand. He looked as though he'd been waiting there for hours. And he looked up. He hailed me. He started to walk forward. Hello? 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 No, not just now. Sorry. Going to California? No, not today. The other way. Going to New York. Sorry. After I got the car back on the road again, I felt like a fool. Yet the thought of picking him up, of having him sit beside me, was somehow unbearable. Same time, I felt more than ever unspeakably alone. Hour after hour went by. Fields, the towns ticked off one by one. The light changed. I knew now that I was going to see him again. And though I dreaded the sight, I caught myself searching the side of the road waiting for him to appear. Sandwiches and pop here, don't you? Yeah, we do in the daytime. But we're closed up now for the I night. I know, but I was wondering if you could possibly have a cup of coffee. Just No, not this time want... of night, mister. My wife's a cook. She's in bed. No, don't shut the door. Please, listen, just a minute ago... Uh, <laughs> just a minute ago, there was a man standing here right beside the stand, a suspicious-looking man. I, I don't mean to disturb it. You see, I was driving along when I just happened to look, and there he was. How was he doing? Well, nothing. You've been taking a nip. That's what you've been doing. Now, on your way before I call out your folks. I got into the car again and drove on slowly. I was beginning to hate the car. If I could have found a place to stop, to rest a little. I was in the Ozark Mountains of Missouri now. A few resort places there were closed, only an occasional log cabin, seemingly deserted. That's all that broke the monotony of the wild, wooded landscape. I had seen him at that roadside stand. I knew I'd see him again. Maybe at the next turn of the road. I knew that when I saw him next, I would run him down. next afternoon. I stopped a car at a sleepy little junction just across the border into Oklahoma to let a train pass by. 
when he appeared across the tracks, leaning against a telephone pole. Perfectly airless, dry day. The red clay of Oklahoma was baking under the southwestern sun. Yet there were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. I couldn't stand that. Without thinking, blindly, I started the car across the tracks. He didn't look up at me. He was staring at the ground. I stepped on the gas hard, bearing the wheel sharply toward him. I could hear the train in the distance now, but I didn't care. Then. Something went wrong with the car. The train was coming closer. I could hear its bell ringing and the cry of its whistle. Still, he stood there. And now I knew that he was beckoning. Beckoning me to my death. him that time. The starter worked at last. I managed to back up. When the train passed, he was gone. I was all alone in the hot, dry afternoon. After that, I knew I had to do something. I didn't know who this man was or what he wanted of me. I only knew that from now on, I mustn't let myself alone on the road for one minute. Uh, hello there. Like a ride? Well, what do you think? How far are you going? Uh, where do you want to go? Amarillo, Texas. I'll drive you there. Gee. Uh, you mind if I take off my shoes? My dogs are killing me. Go right ahead. Oh. Gee, what a break this is. You hitchhike much? Sure. Only it's tough sometimes in these great open spaces to get the break. Uh, I should think it would be, though. I'll bet you get a good pickup in a fast car. If you did, you could get places faster than, say, another person in another car, couldn't you? I don't get you. Well, take me, for instance. Suppose I'm, I'm driving across the country, say, at a nice steady clip about 45 miles an hour. Uh, couldn't couldn't a girl like you just standing beside the road waiting for Liz beat me to town, or any town, provided she got picked up every time in a car doing from 65 to 70 miles an hour? I don't know. What difference does it make? Oh, no difference. It's just a crazy idea I had sitting here in the car. <laughs> Imagine spending your time in a swell car thinking of things like that. What would you do instead? What would I do? If I was a good-looking fellow like yourself, why, I just enjoy myself every minute of the time. I'd sit back and, and relax. And if I saw a good-looking girl along the side of the road, hey, look out! Did you see him? See who? A man standing beside the barbed wire fence. Oh, I didn't see anybody. I it wasn't nothing but a bunch of cows and and a wire fence. No. What do you think he was doing? Trying to run into the barbed wire. There's a man fence. there, I tell you. A thin gray man with an overnight bag in his hand. And I, I was trying to run him down. Run him down? You mean kill him? Say so you didn't see him back there? You sure? I didn't see a soul. As far as watch I watch for him the next time and keep watching. Keep your eyes peeled on the road. He'll turn up again. Maybe any minute. There, look there. How does this door work? I, I'm getting out Did of here. Did you see him that time? No, I didn't see him that time. And personally, mister, I don't expect never to see him. All I want to do is go on living. I don't see how I will very long, driving with you. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I... I don't know what came over me, but please don't go. So if you'll excuse me... You can't go. Listen, how would you like to go to California? I'll drive you to California. Seeing pink elephants all the way? No, thanks. Uh-uh, thanks just the same. Listen, please, just, just one minute, please. You know what I think you need, big boy? Not a girlfriend. Just a good dose of sleep. Please. There, I got it now. Now you can't go, please. Come Get your back. hands off me. Do you hear me? Your hands off She ran from me. As though I were a monster, 
few minutes later, I saw a passing truck pick her up. I knew then that I was utterly alone. It was in the heart of the great Texas prairies. There wasn't a car on the road after the truck went by. I tried to figure out what to do, how to get hold of myself. I could find a place to rest, or even if I could sleep right here in the car for a few hours along the side of the road. I was getting my winter overcoat out of the back seat to use as a blanket when I saw him coming toward me, emerging from the herd of moving steer. Hello! I should have spoken to him then. Fought it out then and there. For now, he began to be everywhere. Wherever I stopped, even for a moment, for gas, for oil, for a drink of pop, a cup of coffee, sandwich, he was there. I saw him standing outside the auto camp in Amarillo that night when I dared to slow down. He was sitting near the drinking fountain, a little camping spot just inside the border of New Mexico. He was waiting for me outside the Navajo Reservation where I stopped to check my tires. I saw him in Albuquerque when I bought 20 gallons of gas. I was... I was afraid to stop now. I began to drive faster and faster. I was... in... in lunar landscape now. The great arid Mesa country of New Mexico. I drove through it with the indifference of a fly crawling over the face of the moon. Now he didn't even wait for me to stop. Unless I drove at 85 miles an hour over those endless roads, he waited for me at every other mile. I'd see his figure, shadowless, flitting before me, still in the same attitude, over the cold, lifeless ground, flitting over dried-up rivers, over broken stones cast up by old glacial upheavals, flitting in that pure and cloudless air. I was beside myself when I finally reached Gallup, New Mexico this morning. There's an auto camp here. Cold, almost deserted this time of year. I went inside and asked if there was a telephone. I had the feeling that if only I could speak to someone familiar, someone I loved, I could pull myself together. Your call, please. Long distance. Long distance, certainly. This is long distance. I'd like, uh, <laughs> I'd like to put a, in a call to my home in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Ronald Adams. I'm a, the, the number is Beechwood 200828. Certainly. I will try to get it for you. Albuquerque. New York for Gallup. New York. Gallup, New Mexico, calling Beechwood 200828. I read somewhere that love could banish demons. It's the middle of the morning. I knew Mother would be home. I pictured her tall and white-haired in her crisp house dress, going about her tasks. Be enough, I thought, just to hear the even calmness of her voice. Will you please deposit $3.85 for the first three minutes? When you have deposited a dollar and a half, will you wait until I have collected the money? Deposit another dollar and a half. Will you please deposit the remaining eighty five cents? Ready with Brooklyn. Go ahead, please. Hello? hello. Mrs. Adams' residence. Hello, hello, Mother. 
This is Mrs. Adams' residence. Who is it you wish to speak to, please? What? Oh, who's this? This is Mrs. Winnie. Mrs. Winnie? I, I don't know any Mrs. Winnie. Is this Beechwood 208828? Yes. Uh, where, where's my mother? Where's Mrs. Adams? Mrs. Adams is not at home. She's still in the hospital. The hospital? Yes. Who the... is this calling, please? Is it a member of the family? Well, what's she in the hospital for? She's been prostrated for five days. Nervous breakdown. But who is this Nervous calling? breakdown? Well, my grandmother never was nervous. It's all taken place since the death of her oldest son, Ronald. Death of her... Death of her oldest son, Ronald? Hey, what's this? What number is this? This is Beechwood 20828. It's all been very sudden. He was killed just six days ago in an automobile accident on the Brooklyn Bridge. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. And so... So I'm sitting here in this deserted auto camp in Gallup, New Mexico. I'm trying to think. Trying to get hold of myself. Otherwise, I... I'm going to go crazy. Outside, it's night. The vast, soulless night of New Mexico. A million stars are in the sky. Ahead of me stretch a thousand miles of empty mesa. Mountains. Prairies. Desert. Somewhere among them, he's waiting for me. Somewhere I shall know who he is and who I am. the hitchhiker, and to Orson Welles our considerable thanks for his playing of the title role. Mr. Welles, help wanted. Men, women, and children. Nature of work, hard, monotonous, back-breaking labor. Hours, 75 a week minimum. Pay, few cents an hour. Added inducement. Two meals a day, including several ounces of bad bread and a cup of thin soup. Don't delay. Apply at once. How would you respond to a want ad like that, Mr. and Mrs. American working man and woman? You'd laugh, wouldn't you, and throw the paper in the trash basket. Dismiss the whole advertisement as some kind of a joke, but believe me, it's no joke. It's a simple statement of the working conditions that exist today in Nazi Germany and the conquered countries under Nazi rule. It's also an exact statement of the working conditions that will be imposed on you and every member of your family if the Nazis win this war. You yourself personally can stop them from winning, as you know. You don't have to give up your well-paid job to do it. You needn't have to be a soldier or a sailor or an airman or a nurse or a war worker to ensure American victory. Uncle Sam doesn't ask plain, ordinary, hard-working citizens like you to give him anything. All he asks, all this he does ask very seriously and very urgently, is that you loan him ten cents out of every dollar you make. That's all there is to it. Lend Uncle Sam a dime to win this war. And he'll pay you back with interest when he's won it. The easiest, most convenient way to lend him these dimes is to enroll in the payroll savings plan. Just tell your boss to deduct 10 cents from every dollar he pays you and lend it to Uncle Sam in your name. Sign up for this simple savings plan today and when victory comes, you'll have war bonds in your pockets instead of Axis bonds on your wrists. Suspense will be heard again two weeks from tonight. Next Wednesday night, September 9th, the Columbia Broadcasting System will present over many of these stations at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Wartime an address by W. Averill Harriman, the United States Land Lease Administrator in London. Mr. Harriman, as the personal representative of the President of the United States, attended the Moscow conferences between Winston Churchill and Joseph Stalin. Next Wednesday's broadcast will be Mr. Harriman's first public address since his return to this country. 
Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. John Dietz was our guest director this evening. Tonight's radio drama was written by Lucille Fletcher. The original score was by Bernard Herrmann. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Autolite brings you On a Country Road, a suspense play starring Mr. Cary Grant. Relax, David. There's no hurry to get home. Who can relax in this mess of traffic? There must be a wreck or something up ahead. Mm. This keeps up, we'll get caught in the rain. Yeah, it looks like a big storm building up, too. Hey, remember that shortcut? Which one? Well, the little tarred road that goes across through center marches and comes out on the other highway. What we took last summer? Yeah. I'll turn off there and duck this pile up. I'd like to get as far as possible before that storm hits. Oh, why don't you pull out your hand? David, don't get mad. Well, he cut right in front of me trying to turn into that gas station. Maybe he needed gas. Mm. Oh. Turn on the radio, huh? Now there. Sounds like warnings to all residents of Long Island to be on the Turn lookout for Nellie right. Goller, a middle-aged woman described as dangerous and insane. She escaped this morning from Rescue Mental Hospital after fatally butchering a doctor, a nurse, and a ward attendant with a meat cleaver. This is the same Nellie Goller who a year ago murdered three persons on a Brooklyn street. This station oh, oh, my mother-in-law. At least we aren't the only crazy home. people on Long Island. Why did you change it? I don't want to listen anymore. Let's get home quickly, David. I don't like being out here with that woman running loose. Uh-oh. Here's the storm. Roll up the windows. In just a moment, Mr. Cary Grant in the first act of On a Country Road. Amazing, Wilcox, amazing. What's so amazing, Senator? Your victory in the election. Uh, my candidate's victory, Senator, the famous Autolite Stay Full Battery, the battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Why, everybody voted for the Autolite Stay Full Battery. You had plenty in reserve, Wilcox. Reserve? Why, the Autolite Stay Full Battery has over three times the liquid reserve of batteries without Stay Full features. Didn't you campaign with fiberglass retaining mats? Sure did, Senator, because every positive plate of the Autolite Stay Full Battery is protected with a fiberglass retaining mat to prevent shedding and flaking and keep the power-producing materials in place. Why, your candidate is in for life, Wilcox. A longer life, Senator, because the Autolite Stay-Full battery gives 70% longer life, as proved by tests conducted according to SAE minimum life cycle standards. So, friends, get acquainted with the Autolite Stay-Full battery, the battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. See your neighborhood Autolite battery dealer now. And remember... You're always right with Autolite. And now, with On a Country Road and the performance of Mr. Cary Grant, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. they put her to sleep instead of just locking her up where she can escape and kill more people? Hmm? Put who to sleep? That woman they were talking about on the radio. Oh, she can't help us, she does. She's sick. Mm. What good does that do the people who get chopped up with a meat cleaver? I don't know. The laws were made before the doctors knew very much about the human mind. I still don't know much. Hmm. Oh, I can see what it is. There's a roadblock up ahead. What's happened? I don't know. Cops all over the road. 
David, I'll bet they're looking for that crazy woman. Oh, I guess so. I'll hold it a minute. What's up, officer? Uh, just a checkup, folks. Uh, anything in the back seat? Only the blanket and the lunchbox. We went on a picnic. Yes, ma'am. Seen any hitchhikers? No, just traffic. Okay, move right along, please. Are you looking for the crazy woman? Move it along, let's go. He didn't answer. He's busy. What are you doing? Listen. All residents and motorists on Long Island are warned to be on the alert for the escaped insane woman who is somewhere on the island. She is described as tall, broad-shouldered, gray-haired, and rather heavy. She may still be armed with the cleaver. One hundred men are searching the area, and they're prepared to shoot on sight. Here's another bulletin on the case which just came in. Just a few minutes ago, the decapitated bodies of an elderly man and woman were found oh, by police near Center Marshes. We haven't found her yet. This will get us out of that traffic. That. The bodies of an elderly couple have just been found in their car near Center Marshes on a lonely, tarred road. Police are certain they were killed by Nellie Goller, the insane woman now at large. Residents of the area are warned not to open their doors to strangers. Motorists are cautioned to stay off lonely roads and not to pick up any hitchhikers. All persons are asked to be on the lookout for this woman. Oh, Here is her description They haven't again. caught her yet. Better oh. turn that off, darling. I thought you wanted to hear it. Oh, that's She's enough believed to be armed right. with the meat cleaver. This shortcut will save us a lot of time. You turned off the highway. Sure, I told you when I did it. We've come over a mile already. Save us a lot of time. Well, David, didn't you hear what the radio said about staying off lonely roads? Well, we only have to go across the other highway. It won't take long. You sure? Of course. We go past Center Marches, then take the left road and come out right by the highway bridge. Center Marches is where she just killed those two people. Oh, no, no, no. What can happen to us while we're driving? Hmm. Besides, the whole island is full of men looking for this lunatic. They'll catch her. Oh. It's just a storm. Now, come on, quiet down. You're jumpy. I guess I'm silly. David. What? gas gauge says empty. <laughs> There's still a couple of gallons left when it points to empty. How long has it said empty? Don't know. Uh, I'll get gas when we get across to the other highway. David, I'm scared. Relax, honey. Rain and wind always make you nervous as a cat. I wish we'd stayed on the highway. If I'd known you'd act like this, I would have. Well, it's not my fault. It's not mine either. I'm having trouble enough just trying to see through this storm. David... Let's not fight. Driving through these burned-out woods in this kind of weather is enough to give anyone the willies. Oh, goodness, it got dark so fast. can hardly see ahead, even in the headlights. Uh, there's something ahead. Don't stop, David. Oh, it's only a sign. David, the crazy woman could be around here. I'm not picking up anyone. I just want to know where I am. Well, don't get out of the car. I'm not. Calm down. Let's see. Santa Marge is that way. Now, we'll take this road. Center Marches. This must be the road where she killed those people. Dorothy, please. Sorry. I'm so jumpy. Turn on the radio. is a desolate place. We haven't even passed a house yet. Miles of woods on both sides of us. It's so dark we couldn't have seen one if it were there. This rain seems to be getting worse. David, I'm just sure this is the road where that woman killed those two people. Oh, now stop that, Dorothy. That's why the police had a roadblock by this road. That crazy woman might be any place in these woods. But not necessarily where we are. What's the matter? Oh, that's fine. What a place to run out of gas. Oh, no! David, you mean we're stuck here? Yeah, I'm afraid so, for the time being, anyway. I'm sorry, dear. That crazy woman is in the woods. She'll kill us. She's nowhere near us. David, quick. Turn off your headlights. Why? Did you hear something? David, I don't know. I don't know that I'm scared. <laughs> Oh, turn off the headlights, please. Why? She'll see us if you don't. We won't see her if I do. Please, David, turn them off. Oh, now listen, Dorothy. Don't let this silly thing get the better of you. Oh. Oh, just look at the headlights. 
poking into darkness and nothing but wet bushes and trees. Rain falling. Please, David. Oh, all right. There, now they're off. Do you feel better sitting in the dark? Oh, yes. Only the thunder and lightning would stop. And this rain. Look, Dorothy, there's no sense sitting here all night. It's only a few minutes past ten o'clock. I'm going to walk up the road a bit. There might be a house or something. You're there. not going to leave me here. I won't let you go. But Dorothy, we can't sit here in the middle of nowhere for the rest of the night. We're safer here than out there. David, she's probably hiding in the woods. She's just waiting for a chance to kill us. Oh, come on, Dorothy. Why should she be right where we've run out of gas? Why now? can't she be here? Please stay in the car. All right. Lock the doors from the inside. Why? What is it? Now she can't get in here. She's nowhere near oh, us. Don't be mad at me, David. I'm so scared. Well, if she's out there, she can easily smash the windows. Oh, don't scare me anymore. I know I'm acting silly. I can't help it. Oh, no. Come, let me put my arm around you. There. Oh, David. Okay. Put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> Forgive me, David. Well, go ahead and cry. Go on. It'll make you feel better. Isn't there some popular music? escaped insane woman who has killed five persons since fleeing from a Long Island mental hospital. Rain and darkness are hampering the search. Over 100 police are combing the wooded area near Center Marriages. It was near there that an elderly couple were butchered on a lonely, tarred road. In making her escape this morning, the mad woman killed a doctor, nurse, and... Let's leave it out for a while, huh? So quiet and lonely here. Wish it were morning. Look, Dorothy, I'll run up the road. There might be a No, house. no, David, please. David, listen. Did you hear that? What? I don't hear anything. Listen. There it is. No, I can't. It's a dog. A little dog barking. Oh, David. Well, I guess it's only a lost dog. Maybe there's a house nearby. Or the crazy one. Oh, David! She's out there! Something hit the back of the car! It's her! Is the door locked on your side? Yes. Well, what if she breaks the windows? She's got a cleaver. In that flash of lightning, I saw somebody. Is it the crazy woman? I can't tell. She's lying on the road. Can you see her? Is she still there? dark to see. Have to wait for the lightning. I saw her. She's getting up now. She'll kill us. She'll kill us. Oh, no. no. Please. What is she doing? I don't know. She must have been running. She didn't see the car and ran right into it. She's at the window. Right next to you. Oh, my Lord. Look at her. Get away from that window! David, she's trying to get in the car. Look at that face! And her hair! Go away! Let me in! I'm not crazy! This crazy woman is after me! David, don't let her in. Let me in! Let me scare her. Go away! Go away! We've got a gun! We'll shoot! It worked. She's staring at us. I'm warning you! I'll shoot! David, she's coming back! Hold it like a gun. It'll look like a gun. Where is it? Where is it? In the club compartment. Here. Here it is. Here. Look! I've got a gun! I'm going to shoot! She's backing away. Keep going before I start shooting. David. She's gone. She disappeared. We can't get out now. All we can do is sit here all night and wait for help. Can you see her? Where'd she go? I don't know. She's out there, though. Probably planning on how to get in this car. David, what are we going to do? 
She's the one I know. But she didn't have a cleaver. She must have dropped it when she ran into the car. Her face is all twisted, hair hanging down. And she's back there looking for the cleaver now. She'll kill us. She'll kill us. Dorothy, stop it. She'll kill us. David! David! Autolite is bringing you Mr. Cary Grant with Kathy Lewis and Jeanette Nolan in On a Country Road. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Say, Wilcox, what was your platform? Why, the Autolite Stay Full Battery, the battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Go on, Wilcox. Well, we pointed out that the Autolite Stay Full has over three times the liquid reserve of batteries without Stay Full features. Amazing. Ah, but that's not all, Senator, because we pointed out, too, that the Autolite Stay Full gives longer life. Seventy percent longer life, in fact as proved by tests conducted according to SAE minimum life cycle standards. <laughs> then there's fiberglass retaining mats protecting every positive plate to prevent shedding and flaking and to give the Autolite stay full, scintillating superiority. How is your plurality, Wilcox? Sensational, Senator. We got all but one vote. Why, that's positively preposterous. Sure is, Senator, because everybody's heard of the Autolite stay full battery. The battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. So see your neighborhood Autolite battery dealer. And remember, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. Cary Grant in Elliot Lewis's production of On a Country Road. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. She broke the window. Get away from there. Stay out of the car. I'm coming in. I can't stand it. Stay out of the car. I warn you. I've got a gun. You wouldn't shoot me. Go away. You're crazy. We know all about you. I'm not the crazy woman. Believe me. Let me in. Don't do it, David. She's trying to trick us. Listen to me, please. I've been running in this awful storm. My car is stuck in the ditch back there. How far back? I don't know. It seems like miles. I heard about the crazy woman on the radio. I was afraid to stay in the car alone. Let me in. No, David. Go back to your own car. No. It's so dark and so lonely in this storm. I locked the doors, but I was afraid I could see things and hear things in the darkness. I couldn't stand it anymore. I got out and I ran. It's the rain. That's why I look like this. I'm not the crazy woman. Dorothy. Maybe she isn't a crazy woman. Maybe she's just scared and exhausted. Let me in. Please, let me in. No, David, no. She's the one I know. This crazy woman had a cleaver. I'm not armed. The three of us will be safer together. No, she makes sense to me, Dorothy. We would be safer with one more person. Oh, David, I don't know. Let me in. Please. I'm wet to the skin. I'm going to unlock the door, Dorothy. David. Oh. All right. Now, get in Make one move and I'll shoot you. Oh, it's... Oh, it's... Good to sit down. All right. Now, there's a blanket on the floor back there. Try and dry yourself off with it. Oh, the darkness and the rain. There's enough to drive me out of my mind. Well, just take it easy, lady. I ran and ran. All I could hear was feet chasing after me, hunting me. Do you live near here? Farther out. Near Restview. I used to live in Brooklyn. Restview is the mental hospital. I know. I'm used to the crazy people. But not a night in a lonely place like this. Not the kind who kill people. You, uh, you live at Restview? No. Just near there. David, we can't sit here not knowing. If we could get to a phone. A phone? Why? To call the police. Get some help. No! Don't do that. Why not? 
Why don't you want the police? Oh, I, I do. But you'd be killed. What do you mean? The woman. She'll kill him if he goes away from this car. Oh, there's that dog. You hear it? Somebody's out there. Well, there must be a house up ahead. Maybe it's barking to be let in. No. It senses somebody. There's somebody out there. The crazy woman's creeping around out there. Quick. Let's get away. Look out, David. Let go of me. Huh? What are you trying to do? Start the car. Quick. We'll get away. We're out of gas. Out, out of gas? You don't think we parked here for the fun of it, do you? Oh, such a desolate place to run out of gas. Stop barking. What does it mean? You can't just sit here. We've got to get away. Oh, I'm not a magician, lady. I can't make gasoline out of rain. Oh, he can't stay here the whole night. You no, hear me? Let go of me. There's nothing I can do. Try something, anything. Don't just sit there. She's scaring me, David. Stop her. Cut it out. Cut it out. You'll have us all in hysterics. All right. All right, I'm sorry. Look, I got an idea. Give me your gun. What for? What for? I'll tell you. I want it. Give it to me, David. Listen to me. I'm all right, but I can't sit here all night. I'd go crazy. Give me the gun. I'll go. I won't be afraid of the dark, the noises, the feet following me. I'll go. I promise you. But give me the gun. No, now sit down. Please. I'll go. I promise I can't stand sitting in the dark like this. Can't you stop her, David? I told you to shut up. <laughs> if you don't, you'll have to get out of the car. Not into the woods again. Oh, you're nice people, aren't you? Or do you want me to leave so you can shoot me? Is that it? We're not going to shoot you. We don't have a gun. It's only a pipe. Earth. A pipe? A smoking pipe? David, I'm sorry. Then, then you're unarmed. I'm sorry, yes, David. That's all right. Why did you tell me you had a gun? What difference would it make to you whether I'm armed or not? I don't know you. Maybe you two are more dangerous than the crazy woman. I'll tell you what I think. I think you're the crazy woman. The way you grabbed David when you wanted him to start the car. Oh, Dorothy, stop it. Don't excite her. Don't excite me? Why? Do you think I'm dangerous? An old woman you took into your car, two of you, and you're afraid of me? I'm not afraid of you. Now sit back in the seat and don't try anything. <sighs> David, the storm is stopping. Maybe now is the time. The time for what? What are you going to do? You two are up to something. Oh, shut up! My wife meant now is the time to go for help. I did not. I meant now is the time for us to escape. David, can't you see it? She's the one. She'll kill us. You little... Oh, stop it. Sit back in that seat. You haven't got a gun. No. But I've got a knife. David! It's my jackknife. But it's sharp and strong, so don't try any tricks. All right. Threaten me. Watch me while that woman is out there. All you can do is sit and wait for her to make the next move. David, she can kill us like that old man and woman. They must have been on this same road. They were in their car, too. They must have let her in. We'll leave, then. The three of us will walk. We'll, we'll stay close together. We'll be quiet. Anyone hiding in the woods won't hear us. Don't get out of the car, oh, David. Oh, how will we find our way? It's too dark. We'll find our way. Look out there. The road's full of shadows. Get her out of the car, David. She wants to kill us. Kill you. Well, look, if you want to go, why don't you leave? We're going to stay here until some help comes. Oh, I'd be helpless alone if I had a gun or something. You're nice. Oh, why doesn't somebody come? Where are the police? I can't stand this. Nobody will come. There's no one in these woods. They're burned out and deserted. Dorothy, come on, please. It was your idea to use this road. He wouldn't listen to me and stop for gas. I couldn't help it. I got lost. Oh, why don't you do something? Not just sit here waiting, waiting. Do something before we're murdered. Are you so helpless? All right. I am going to do something. I'll go for help. That's it. Get help. David. In her hand. I saw it in the moonlight. It glittered. What is it? 
Your wife is hysterical. She, she was holding it. A long piece of broken glass, long and pointed. See? She doesn't answer. She's just watching us. What is she waiting for? It's from the broken window. That's where she got it. So what if I have it? I'm not going to sit here defenseless. She's going to attack Don't us. Don't be silly. It was all right for you to have a knife. Why can't I be armed for whatever may come? Give me that broken glass. Give it to you. You think I'm crazy? You couldn't protect us from anything. Oh. David, what are you doing? Why are you climbing over the seat? I'll what are you... I warn you. I'm through letting my wife be terrified. Give me that glass. Stay away from me! Once I left the car, you were going to butcher my wife. With that broken glass. No! No! David! David! Give me that glass! You're crazy! Let me alone! Hold her, David. Hold her. Don't let her free. Wrong. Stop my arm. You killed me! Drop that glass! You both gone crazy! Trying to kill me! Like you were going to murder us? No, I wasn't. Don't let her get free. I can't hold her. She's oh, strong. If you have a knife, then I'll have glass. David, David, hold it. Much longer. David. I'm not crazy. Please believe me. You got my throat. Joking ah. me. Your knife. David, your knife. Uh. Ah. David, you... You killed her. David, you killed her. I couldn't help it. I couldn't smell it. Oh, you're covered with blood. She was going to kill us. There's some lights. The car is coming. Help's coming. We ran out of gas. The crazy one. What a night to run out of gas. You couldn't have picked a better spot. What with that woman running around loose? Officer, we want to tell you... A farmer up the road called and said his dog's been barking at something. We caught her. Uh, who'd you catch? The crazy woman. She, she's in the back seat, dead. What? Uh, no. No, she's alive. Hurt bad, though. Uh, she was trying to kill us. Well, we'll get her to a hospital. You two had better come with me. We captured that crazy woman a half hour ago. I don't know who this lady is. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Mr. Cary Grant. Wilcott, did your candidate's entire ticket get into office? Yes, sir, Senator. Along with the Autolite Stay Full battery, the voters elected all of the 400 products made by Autolite for cars, trucks, planes, and boats in 28 plants coast to coast. These include complete electrical systems used as original factory equipment on many leading makes of America's finest cars. Generators, coils, distributors, voltage regulators, electric windshield wipers, wire and cable, starting motors, all engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. So, friends, don't accept electrical parts supposed to be as good. Ask for and insist on Autolite original factory parts at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. Next week on Suspense for your Thanksgiving holiday listening, Mr. Ozzie Nelson and Miss Harriet Hilliard as stars of Going, Going, Gone. And in the weeks to come, you will hear such famous stars as Van Heflin, Alan Ladd, and Cornell Wilde, all appearing in tales well calculated to keep you in Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morawack and conducted by Lut Bluskin. 
on A Country Road was written for Suspense by Walter Bazaar. And remember, next week on Suspense, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard in Going, Going, Gone. Thanks for joining us at Radio Days for Suspense Theater. If you want more Suspense Theater, email us at 1001storiespodcast at gmail.com and let us know what your favorites have been up to this point. If you're an Apple listener, send us a review. That's how we grow. We'll be back real soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.